right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com. If you're looking for car parts, there's no easier way to get it dropped right to your door. Then check out this site. It's easy. It's intuitive. It's simple to use, navigate. If you need a part dropped to your door, CarParts.com. I don't know how you make it easier, Kev. don't know how you make it easier. Yeah, and these guys are on a mission, man, to deliver drivers the right part at the right price and get drivers back on the road, man. That's what I'm talking about. I'll say bring me cupcakes when they drop off my car parts. <laughs> you know, that'd be a nice, you know, little side extra, yeah, man. but I'm, I'm okay. a niche and yeah. cupcakes and car parts, bringing everybody together. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, man, look, I, I love the guy we got coming up. We met Henry a long time ago on the show when we were putting a, you know, a nasty little supercharger on, believe it or not, of all things, a freaking four-cylinder. And yeah. I was like, shut the front well, turbo, door. Turbo. The other, the other boost device. I mean, yeah, yeah, my bad. A turbo on a, on a four-cylinder. Um, but, again, it was one of those things that you look at and you go, what, why? Why even waste the time? But, man, after you drive that thing and you feel how, how quick and how snappy it is, you quickly give it some respect. You have to. Man, when you're pushing north of 400 horsepower on a four-cylinder. Stupid. Dang. <laughs> you know, there's a whole lot less weight on the front, you know, on the nose. The thing corners, it handles, it's light, it's peppy, it's different, and, you know, it's way more efficient. Yeah. Now, of course, we, we like our V8s, but, man, I am a fan of anybody pushing the limits and making horsepower. So I'm not here to knock. 400, 450 horsepower, that's a great number on a car, man. It's a whole nother thing for a hot rodder to get his man card punched by a four-cylinder. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter, bro, in the end, a four-cylinder's cleaned your clock. Um, so, yeah, watch out for them because they are out there. Uh, and in the world of intercooling, man, it's such, it's such a necessity. When you're running boosts, regardless of how you're shoving it in that engine, you got to cool that off, man, because anybody that has ever, like, you know, messed around compressing air, what happens when you compress it and you squeeze it? It heats up. One of the coolest things Kevin ever showed me was he, he peeled a, a, little, a couple of fibers off a cotton ball one time, and he dropped it in, like, a test tube with a plunger, and he said, what's this? And he smacks the plunger, and before the plunger could get to the bottom of that little test tube, the little fibers ignited. And that's because when you squeeze air, it heats up. So you can imagine what's happening in all that piping, uh, what's, you know, what you're shoving to your engine. The best thing to do is get it cooled down because a cooler charge means a denser charge, and a denser charge means you could add fuel to it. Uh, and it really is, it, when you're thinking of boosted applications, it's a must. 
must have. Yeah, man. On top of just getting more air in there, you know, your whole charge temperature is going to be a lot lower. Time, so yeah. A whole lot more spark in there, man. And, you know, spark is all about power. Yeah, exactly. So when we met Henry and, you know, just saw what they were doing at Wagner Intercooling, we were kind of impressed. And just, you know, when you're thinking about turbo applications, when you think about supercharged applications, uh, especially with everything that's going fast, it's not just, you know, we were talking about that four-cylinder at the beginning. I'll be damned. It's not just American Muscle anymore. It's not just V8s. I'm telling you, any car you look at nowadays could be a competitor. It doesn't matter if it's wearing Audi rings, a Mercedes logo, God forbid, a BMW, those propellers. I'm telling you, man, that means that car can move. It really is uniquely different, you know, as far as what's fast, what's going to, you know, be out there in the lane beside of you that's going to give you a little smile because, you know, you're pushing as you hit that on-ramp. So it really is a different game nowadays. Oh, man, because it's not about displacement. I mean, it, it is, but it isn't because once you can boost, uh, then the volume knob can just get cranked. You know, you're not thinking about, you know, two liters, five liters, six liters is getting you. You're thinking, how many PSI can I shove in there? And, you know, <laughs> how efficiently can I shove it in there? Because that is everything, right? And, again, it's all about cooling that charge down. And uh, I think both of us were just blown away, impressed with just the details and the quality of the engineering, the manufacturing, everything that goes into their intercoolers. Uh, and then the breadth, like you said, of what they cover. Because, you know, anything out there can be boosted. And just about everything is by now that's cool. You know, these guys are covering, you know, the Mercedes, the yeah. Porsches, you know, everything from down to your Toyotas, your Volkswagens, like you said, the Audis. These guys have just top-notch product ready to help you go out there and make some wicked power. Yeah, and we're going to learn something additional about our boy Henry, uh, the man behind Wagner Intercoolers. Uh, and I, I will tell you, it's a whole different game as far as hot riding, too. Like, when you think about today the old equation of remember that old saying there's no replacement for displacement you'd hear old guys bark that at the track all the time and you know people walk around like i got a 454 or stroked out this and a stroked out that you saw racers back in the day start going to 650 to 700 cubic inch engines and then all of a sudden some yo-yo with a 5.3 out of a junkyard slaps an eBay turbo on it with a decent intercooler, and he's out there running 880s, <laughs> you know, on on $1,700 and a $1,000 car. And you're like, what just happened? Well, technology happened, and a big part of it is coming up next. All right, it's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Back in just a minute. It is Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com. Have you checked this place out? Now, a lot of times when you go to apps, your phone, or an online site, it's a little cumbersome, right? Well, here it's easy. It's intuitive. Man, if you know your make, model, you can see your part, have it drop to your door. I don't know if there's anything easier. Well, the part I like is the 50% off, man. Think about going up to your local dealership, your local auto parts store. Like you said, you can get on super easy, a couple of clicks, boom, and you got the parts at your door. Major discount, man, and satisfaction guaranteed. I love it. Yeah, man, don't go with the bums. <laughs> Carparts.com, let's talk to him, man. We have our boy Henry on. We have Carson Wagner, the man behind Wagner Intercoolers. Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to do the podcast. Henry, looking forward to you. It's been a couple years, man. How's life? Oh, man, life's great. Yeah, good seeing you guys, man. Talking to you guys. It's been a while. 
Yeah. Now, Carson, I, I have to ask, you know, the pandemic and the last year, for a lot of industries, it's been real difficult. There's no, there's nobody that would argue that. However, what it did for the car industry is, is unique because so many people had to stay at home, which allowed them time to walk out in their garage, their shop, you know, and see a project that was beside the house that they haven't had the opportunity, time, the money, the investment, or anything else to, to start that project. But if you look at something, if you stare at something and you're a car guy long enough, you're going to get moving on it. So have you guys seen an increase in traffic, business, and demand during the last year to, you know, 13, 14 months? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's been real crazy. I mean, I think it's sad what's going on in the world right now with this this pandemic. But, I mean, for the automotive industry, it gave it a boost. And everybody's having the same problem. The problem is the fill and demand. It, it's, it's, it, it's, been, it's been a good thing for everyone. So, I mean, we're junkies. We are drug addicts by probably birth. You know, it took us however many years to figure it out and start diving in. We'll spend money we don't have. We'll sell off stuff to make more car part, you know, to buy more car parts, to build stuff. We all got credit scores. <laughs> yeah, so half the time it's just it's just finding the time. So yeah, given uh, you know, all these distractions now there, you know, a lot of people not commuting anymore, just anything sitting around, man. We will go hawk and sell and uh, you know, scrape pennies together to keep just this whole addiction thing going and it's it's a it's a interesting lifestyle that we lead, you know? Hey, and w- one of the biggest moves and shifts that I've seen just in the car world, right? Because I'm kind of plugged in, in in Colorado out here in the car scene. Been plugged in for a, a number of years. And I love to watch what people as that cyclical, you know, sort of cycle happens. I, me and my attention and my, my love of the architecture of the car and the design tends to go a little bit towards muscle cars because when I was a teenager, that's what everybody dreamt of having. Right. But yet, you know, I also dive into some of the more modern stuff and, you know, offerings post after 2000 just because, God, performance, you can't beat it. But what I really appreciate is the other brands that have come to the equation in the table, the BMWs, the Audis, uh, the Volkswagens, all these cars from across the pond, from, you know, over the water, whatever has really made an impact in the world of hot rodding, the youth where, you know, some of that culture is going and you guys probably more than anybody really see that. Oh yeah. It's, it's been, it's been incredible. I mean, Carson can, can give you a little more insight on where the, where the company has gone to. I mean, our, our, our facility in, in Germany, it's, it just, we're having record days there. I mean, incredible record days every day we have discussions about it and it's, it's very impressive on, on how big the demand in that community. Well, Carson, you're a hey, you're a German car guy. That in itself is so cool because I've got friends that have gone over there. My brother spent you know a summer over there, and that's an incredible car culture. Uh, so tell us how you brought you know intercooling and what you've done you know to really you know make Wagner intercooling stand out, and how you got into it and got plugged in. So basically, I started in 2008. Um, you know, I, the company started, I have to go way back. Yeah, go know. back to the beginning. Yeah. Give, give the, the, the company. <laughs> go way back. Jump into the yeah, way back let's, machine. Let's go old school now. Yeah, the company started in 1994 as a regular speed shop. So I basically 
what I did is, you know, we we, we beefed up like like the Mark uh, two golfs, Mark one golfs with uh, 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 wheels and 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 suspension. Then we started to put in like uh, turbos and uh, you know there wasn't many parts on the market, so. Um, that's how I basically started. Um, we had, since they put the euro into Germany, we had a couple of problems. And and where we are based off in East Germany, we had a quite a little bit of uh, uh, problems in this area because my customers are all local. All local. So I, I had to do something else. So um, I went and, and see what I can do. And that's where I met actually Henry. Uh, we all uh, both meet at uh, at KW, we're well known for suspension. And that's where I met Henry in um, first in Germany and then in, in Fresno, in California. Yeah? 2003. Is, is, is it like, you know, I imagine it's like the movie Ronin, right? When everybody's dropping Audis or Benzos off to you and you got to soup them up, get the suspension right, <laughs> you know, put turbos and superchargers on them and, uh, and make them handle and, you know, and, and get out of town quick. Imagine it's something like that. But, you know, coming from Germany and that car culture, are you impressed? Are you underwhelmed? What do you think about the American car culture and how it compares um, and, and especially where you move the company. The car culture is, it's totally different to, to Europe or Germany, you know. Um, I would say, sadly, the, the car culture itself moved a little bit. Um, it, it, it's actually disappearing in, in Germany, you know. It's here in the States, the people live their culture. In Germany, it's... Uh, I don't know how to tell you that how it is, but it it it's like a stepchild now for the Germans, you know. Really? Well, that's okay. Maybe it allows us to get BMWs, Audis, and Mercedes a lot cheaper. Yeah, I'm okay that's what I'm that. saying. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we'll take them. Keep making them. Y'all suck it up. Yeah, there over. you go. <laughs> uh, uh, well, you know, Bird, you and I both have seen some of these offerings from these companies across the pond. Hey, German cars, I always say German engineering is over-engineered. Um, if they need a certain clamp force and they can uh, obtain it with eight you know, bolts, they'll put 16 in it just because they're German. Just because. Um, yeah, why not? Yeah, well, then we need 16. Um, it, they really are crazily over-engineered in that regard. But as an engineer, you got to appreciate what those guys are bringing to the table. Well, duh. I mean, I'm driving a uh, BMW M3. <laughs> yeah, but you put an LS in it. Well, that's you put true. A bunch of America that's under true. The hood. But you know, because uh, you know their their regulations or their targets for displacement and power just didn't quite meet my satisfaction. But the rest of the machinery was all pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, you two driving your little LS swapped uh, M3. But yeah. you know what's what's cool is you know we talked earlier in the segment that uh, you know we grew up around the muscle cars because displacement was king, right? That's how yeah. you made the power. Uh, so it, it limited on what what you could really go pick at, you know, what you could try to attain, you know, to try to meet your kind of hot rodding, your performance, your go fast kind of needs. But now when we have boost, right now we can pick all kinds of different cars and we can take something that just seemed anemic and maybe it's a great platform, right? Like my first generation M3 was a 2.3 liter NA motor. Now it was F1 inspired. I mean, the thing revved up to 8,000 RPM, you know, made great power for the time. 
but you know so at the time i put in you know the ls and, and made 500 plus in a tiny little car that had an excellent chassis great steering great handling now you can pick any one of these kind of cars that kind of fit that bill you know maybe it's got the style you like maybe it's got the handling you like maybe it's got all kinds of different attributes but it just didn't have the power now you can change that right with the aftermarket with boost devices whether it's a turbo or supercharger you know you put the right intercooling on there you put the right tune on there now you can wick up just about anything with something above a you know a liter liter and a half displacement into something that could be pretty damn respectable yeah pretty damn respectable <laughs> uh very respectable for sure uh and i bet you know Henry, you've probably seen that surge in those applications and the fact that, God, you know, that's kind of been the game changer. The paradigm shift is you could take some of these six cylinders, slap a turbo or a supercharger on it. You know, you're talking four or five hundred horsepower, all wheel drive uh, and some, you know, some cars, the paddle shifters that you can buy on a budget. Uh, that's got to make everybody at Wagner tuning and, you know, Wagner intercoolers happy. Oh, yeah, there's no, no doubt about it. I mean. Eight years back, when when Carson and I first got together and decided to do the venture for North and South America, seeing what the market was at that time and how it's grown crazy, and seeing that the the cars getting faster and, and faster and faster and and you know the handling and just it's it's been really incredible to see it's it's uh, it's gone crazy like Carson said you know it maybe not so popular much anymore anymore in Germany or in Europe, but here in the U S it's, it's, it's growing. It's become, you, you've seen it on the road when you see it, you're like, wow. Okay. You know, who's that? Well, you guys have, you guys have a unique insight, right. And kind of popularity and what's kind of growing and, and what people are modifying and making power out of. Uh, right. Cause we think in the States, right. If we just put our little American flag hat on, right. We're thinking Camaro, we're thinking Mustang, you know, we're thinking, you know, some kind of Hellcat version of this or that. Uh, but what is popular right now? I mean, you guys are selling intercoolers, so that's going to go along with, you know, some kind of boost device going on some kind of car. What are some of the big players that you guys are seeing? It's, it, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be the guys that are, that are taking, well, let's, let's take the M3, M4, the, the, uh, the current application, you know, they're, they're, they're taking those cars now. And, and even though that car right off the, the line is 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 a well-built car for power and everything else they're taking it to the next step the next level of that so that market right there is is become becoming like a, a very um growing part of the market taking the new vehicle and then just modifying it as much as they can to get that that additional horsepower out of it yeah man well that's on the higher dollar end of things what uh what else is out there that you guys are seeing Kind of big hot sellers you kind of alluded to it there in the break a minute ago what what's kind of one of your biggest popular ones the 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 biggest ones that we've seen moving is going to be the um the volkswagen golf application the the, the mark five six and seven um those two applications is is a very hard demand uh, high demand for us right now We're, we can't keep them on the shelf um we, we even though we increase we increase Hold on, I'm picking myself up off the floor. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. Hey, did you say, wait, did you say Volkswagen? I think he said Volkswagen. I said Volkswagen. Shut the front door. Yes, said I Volkswagen. did. He did. <laughs> trust me. Trust me. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a truck guy. I, 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 I you know, I, I, 
grew up on stocks. Yeah, you are. We're going to get into that, too. We're going to definitely dive into that. But and, and to see these cars like this, it's like, okay. You know, I had a Volkswagen. I had an air-cooled Volkswagen, okay? But, <laughs> but these, these ones now, it's a whole different game. It's a whole different what, game. What numbers are we talking? Give us some Give us some numbers that you're hearing. Oh, and in, in the golf, what was the uh, the the one golf? The was it a six that did the record? Um, you look around. If you count uh, Mark Five to Mark Seven, you're looking at over three thousand units last year. Yeah. 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 Wow. But but no, I, I don't mean the, the, the units moved. I mean oh, horsepower. The, yeah. yeah. Oh, the horsepower. But I love where your mind's at, Carson. He's look. He's the, that's the CEO he's, right yeah, there. He's the number the crunching boss. guy, man. He's yeah. like, no, I'm moving three thousand units. Shut up. <laughs> we never never stress. Then we'll do the horsepower. Right. But what 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 kind of power are we seeing out of a Volkswagen Golf? Uh, you're looking at the round like the Golf Mark R. It's very uh, popular to do like around five hundred. That's a standard build. You know, well, think about that. I mean, I had a really crappy uh, bottom of the barrel '86 Golf in college. You know, I had, it was my it was my beater when I was building my hot rod stuff. You know, with V8s. But think about that. You know, uh, I would have never thought about putting any kind of time and money into my Golf, right? Because uh, it, you know, it had a little tiny four cylinder in there. But if you told me, well, maybe I still wouldn't have done it. But if on a bad day, if you told me I could, you know, squeeze out 500 horsepower in that little thing, it was a great little handling machine, you know? And if you could take uh, yeah, a nicer but- version, you know, uh, maybe one of the all-wheel drive versions, the V6 versions, and squeeze out 500 horsepower, you know, all of a sudden, again, you've, you've opened up, let's say, the, the, the menu from having three choices, you know, Mustang, Camaro, whatever, to now having, you know, 10s and 20s and 30s choices on what... What could be a fun ass driver for you? What could be your cool hot rod? You know, right? But Kevin, and you missed one of the main things that he said and how he said it. If you remember, five hundred horsepower back in the day would have your name whispered when you drove into the parking lot. Like, you know, people would chat about you. You know, and he said, he said most of the builds, it's common, it's yeah. every day for a five hundred horsepower Volkswagen to run up beside you and punch your ticket. Well, and it's it's easy because <laughs> uh, you know. Willie and I, especially Willie, man, big horsepower guy. So, you know, throwing out numbers like 1,000, 1,200, 1,500, you know, it's kind of like, eh. But to be honest with you, the fun factor, when you can take any cool ride and get it into the four, 500 range, 600 range, I mean, that is more than most Silly. people ever need to go really have a great thrill ride, you know? Uh, the giggle factor is like your favorite roller coaster, no doubt. All right, let's take a break, man. We're going to come back more with the guys from Wagner tuning check it out wagnertuning.com wagner intercoolers uh and not only are they into which is terrifying to think about fast vws uh and mustangs and everything else but there's some history here that i feel like you guys need to know about we'll get into that next coming up on the two guys garage podcast with kevin bird and willie b It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com. I'm telling you, check the site out. You'll find that it not only is really easy to navigate, simple to use, the car parts are cheap. And in the end, don't we want like something that's affordable, reliable, and it gets dropped right to your door? Because we're all lazy. Nobody wants to run to town and grab the part. <laughs> I don't know about you, Kev, but I, I don't like that. I like that drop ship at my door. Thing. Exactly, man. <laughs> Convenience. And great prices. Carparts.com. Uh, 
Hey, we have our boys Henry and uh, Carson Wagner, the man behind Wagner Tuning, Wagner Intercoolers. Um, Henry, I'm just going to peel the curtain back a little bit, man. <laughs> you know, before we, you know, we get in, because I want Kevin to think about and concentrate on intercoolers. We've been talking about intercoolers like everybody understands them. Um, but I feel like Kevin could really elaborate on the difference and efficiency of both the air-to-air and the water-to-air. Because a lot of times people not necessarily understand or get the grasp of what you're going to get performance-wise and how much attention you have to spend to one or the other when you're looking at inlet temperatures and how to cool that charge. So, um, uh, And I will tease the fact Henry has got a piece of history when it comes to the modern truck. Uh, it used to just be utilitarian ride vehicle. It used to be, well, ugly for most people. But there was a year and a time and a point where all that changed, and Henry had his hand in the game. So we're going to get that before we get out of this segment. But, Kevin, why don't you elaborate a little bit? Because I know when we talked to Henry on the show on Two Guys, and, and Carson, you could probably dive in this too, but really – Getting the most out of your intercooler is key, regardless of the setup you have. And a lot of people forget they got to tune the intercooler to what they're running in the size of turbo, how much air they're moving. Because the last thing you want is congestion in that entire system, how, the, how it breathes, how it moves the air. And a lot of people don't realize what they're doing if they get a too small or too big of size intercooler. And this is where, you know, Henry and the guys at Wagner really go above and beyond. They'll help you make sure you coordinate, you know, what you need in airflow to the intercooler you're getting uh, so you don't have that congestion. So, Kevin, you know, this is probably your engineering mind, you know, time to shine. Man, that's some, that's some great comments and, and open questions, right? I mean, because like you said, you've got air to air and you've got, you know, water to air. So which one is better? Uh, you, know, tip, you know, there was a lot of debate, you know, years and years ago. But I think pretty much people have kind of moved over to, if you can, kind of go to the air to air route, right? Uh, so it's right in line with your, you know, inlet ducting right out of your boost device. Uh, you know, you put your air to air right up there in front of the radiator, uh, get some good airflow across it and, you know, feed right back into your motor. Uh, and you say, well, why wouldn't you want to do uh, a water to air? Or why do people even do it if air to air tends to be kind of the more preferred, simpler, you know, uh, let's say less complicated route. You don't need water pumps and extra coolant tanks and all that kind of stuff. Well, in a lot of cases, like a V8, right, where are you going to put your supercharger? If you've got a screw-type, a Lysholm, uh, you know, roots-type blower, you know, that sits right in the valley, but the plumbing to get air in and out and where your cooler goes, it just kind of works out to put a, you know, an intercooler right in there with the supercharger. So it's more of a package-driven decision, but it's great because you can still do a lot with a water-to-air cooler. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's, it's kind of a package-driven sort of uh let's say decision uh but if you can do you know any kind of uh centrifugal charger turbos whatever else most people are typically gravitating to air to air and and you think oh bigger is better up to a point right because if you think about boost uh you know you, you you crack the throttle you say man i want more performance i want it now and you start to build up pressure well it's got a you know build it up within the boost device, but then it's got to go through all that plumbing. And you think about the volume that it's going, and you're going to get this lag before you can build up. I mean, think about an air compressor. If you've got whatever motor is driving the air in it, and you have a five-gallon tank, it's going to pressurize pretty fast versus a 50- or 100-gallon tank. So if you've got 100 gallons of air-to-air, 
you know, equivalent tank or whatever. It's like, hey, I'm asking for boost, but it's taken a long time to get there. So uh, that's where these guys are awesome because they'll really help you size and shape and package the right setup for your vehicle so you get maximum performance and, you know, the best throttle response you can get. Uh, and it's all about some of these details. Now, maybe I'll turn it over to these guys. You know, what are some of the details that, that you guys really bake into uh, your intercoolers? Because, you know, we've had them in our hands, uh, you know, firsthand, and, and they're awesome. I mean, I, I can walk it through, but you guys kind of tout some of your own awesomeness over there. Hey, and, and let me comment, let me get this in. That moment that he's talking about where it's filling that volume, and Henry, you'll love this, that's that moment, that second, second and a half, however that song, that the naturally aspirated guy in the lane beside you thinks he's got a chance. Like, that's when he's like, <laughs> I got him. He's not as bad as I whoosh. Whoosh. Oh, where'd he go? Yeah, bye-bye. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, been there. Um, yeah. So what are some things that you guys are doing, um, unique to, to Wagner that's really, you know, set you guys above and beyond. I know when we did the, the show, you guys had a, a really tuned intercooler for that EcoBoost setup and man, it was so righteous. It performed like a snap. You know, when you got a finely tuned system, you'll get that instant response, that boost right away without the lag and all that. And that's what we had really with, with that setup that you guys were presenting. Uh, so what is it that you guys are seeing or finding or doing out there that, that makes you so good at it? It's, it's, it's the, in the engineering of it. I mean, what Carson did is he, he took an intercooler and, he said, okay, there's got to be a better solution than what's given automatically, you know, from, from the factory. And that's what he did. He tore, tore it apart and said, okay, here's where I, you know, I need to make some changes. We need, we need to get more flow through it. We need to figure out how to cool it down. Um, and it's, and it needs to be larger. And, you know? fitment, right. and, and one, yeah. And the other thing is, is the fitment, you know, to be able to do that and put something larger, he has to incorporate, everything that's already on the car but he wants to make sure that there's room for it and you know that's one thing that we we stand proud about is that we we have the largest um application list of plug and play intercoolers and and we saw that on the build kevin you remember that because we put it up there because you got to move that front you know the the front bumper the fiat area the valance and all that stuff but as soon as we did the only thing that were in the way was a couple transmission lines, right? And got them out of the way, and then boom, it went right in, and everything went right back into place like it was designed for. It really was a great fit in the application. Uh, and one of those things, because they don't all come that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anybody knows a lot of times when you get something that says, yeah, it'll fit that application. Dude, you're cutting, welding, you're building brackets and braces. Not the case with Wagner at all. When you can shove a big intercooler in there but if you're routing in and out it's terrible yeah. right you're gonna have all kinds of flow losses right your in tanks yeah. your out tanks right you really want to transition though so the flow comes in real nice it, it, it flares out real nice it evenly distributes through the core you got a great core with great heat exchange capability low flow loss through the whole system you know from out of the boost device back into the motor so you got to think about the complete package it's not just I've got a big intercooler I jam it in there it's really thinking about the complete, you know, full system and, and how it's going to bring you the most power in the same space. Exactly. And that's what sets us apart is because from the very beginning, 
I mean, Carson took a, a factory intercooler and looked at it, and it was three pieces. It was a uh, center aluminum core with plastic intakes that were crimped with all the all the more you know possibility for leakage <laughs> so what he did is he said okay no i'm gonna make cast aluminum in tanks yeah. and we're gonna weld everything sh- shut so there is gonna be no room for air and that's where we got recognized immediately like whoa this is an intercooler wow i mean they, they look the, the design work yeah the size of it yeah the fitment everything included in the in the package that's where people started to open their eyes and say, okay, these guys know what they're doing. It's all about integration. And you guys have done a thorough job in integrating the intercoolers into each and every application. Uh, Credit deserved. Uh, That was one of the coolest things that we, as we did that build, saw on the show. Uh, When we talk or speak of you in in other regards, people find that same thing. You guys have been thorough about how your product fits, and that's something that is lacking out there in the industry. There's a lot of these quote-unquote universal, you know, will fit this, you know, uh, common measurement, but they don't. They always require you to cut on your gar- on your stuff, and you know you to build a bracket or figure something out. Whereas you guys use the bolts and the uh, fasteners that were on at the same place, locations, and whatever. Uh, and when you're done, you can't tell you put it in an intercooler except that sweet piece, you know, that's now staring at you in the front of the car. So yeah, that's nice, man. Definitely cool. Not one of our intercoolers has the same center core. The core is actually designed for the vehicle itself. We don't buy containers of, of, of cores and then cut them to size and say, okay, yeah, we need that one cut to this size because we're putting it in a BMW or we're putting it in a Mercedes. The core is actually designed for the vehicle. We, go, we That's one thing that, that the company does not hold back on, and it's all the right tooling to be able to design these things. Um, and a special note, tell everybody where you're moving from and where you're moving to and what you guys are doing as your next evolution at Wagner Tuning. Oh, yeah. So in 2000... He says, yeah, like it's a little thing. This is huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 2013, Carson and I, we got together and uh, we started the venture for North and South America out of Fresno, California. And we uh, we started with a 1,500-square-foot uh, building. Um, and then uh, as we grew... We, we had to get another segment of the building to, to store warehousing because it, it, we started carrying more applications and the demand. We started, the, the name started to get branded. Um, and it got to the point to where we truly were ball, bottlenecking the company. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't store any more product in, in the warehousing. Um, I was drop shipping tons of, of intercoolers directly from Germany to the customer that we said, okay, game change. This is what we got to do. Carson said, we need to build a facility. So that's what we did. Uh, after thoroughly looking at many locations, we end up building a uh, 60,000 square foot facility in Texas, Kilgore, Texas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and basically what we're doing as a company is we are duplicating the exact replica of what's in Europe right now with warehousing sales, engineering, research and development, manufacturing. Um, it, it, it's gonna all gonna be, happen here in the US. 60,000 square yeah. feet. Awesome. 
That's great. That's great for us as hot rodders and all these applications because now we have you guys, and regardless of skill or whatever you're working on, you guys will have something for us. Uh, and the fact that the materials and it's made right here in the U.S. of A., uh, that to me is just stupid cool. So it's a big jump for you guys. Congratulations on all ends of it, man. That's got to be huge, and I'm certain you guys are really excited about the move. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's going to be endless. I mean, what's going to be nice about it is, you know, before we used to have to purchase the cars and send them to Europe to get engineered and designed, now we, we we're able to get them faster, get them here, do everything. Within, we could probably design an intercooler within a week's time from beginning to end, from scanning the car to engineering it, to testing it, to building a prototype, to installing it, and then putting it out on the road and say, okay, let's see if what we design is going to work. Wagner Tuning, you guys know the name. Find the company, wagnertuning.com. Look, those SKUs are going to be popping off the pages here before long. They're going to have every intercooler you need for any application. And look, we're almost out of time, man. So, Kev, you and I know on this show, nothing pops off like pickup trucks anymore, right? We've seen it. A couple years ago, we built one of them SS trucks that everybody was gooing on back in the 90s, (laughs) right? (laughs) We had our hands on that. I, I got to tell you, there was, a, there was a point in time from those old square bodies to those performance-type trucks and when all of a sudden they started, well, they started bringing you creature comforts that a car did. They started looking like a car. They started being quiet when you drove them and comfortable. And all of a sudden, trucks started garnishing all this attention. Well, in that time period, Henry, why don't you – tell the story a little bit because you had a little bit to do with that you and a a team of guys why don't you explain a little bit back in the day how you how some of the guys in that era took us from the old square bodies you know to the the ss's and the the trucks that now command more money than cars do and sell more at more applications out there than cars do oh yeah this was uh yeah back in the back in the day of uh really the late 80s is where it kind of all came to transition we took a you know, the, the, it was at that time it was a C fifteen hundred uh, CK pickup that we we took and and we designed something what became known as a sport truck, and it was the game changer of the truck market. I mean, we we did some stuff there that people couldn't even fathom the thought of like, well, wait a minute, what is that? You know, uh, you like you you nailed it on the head. The trucks they progressed and all of a sudden it became a car in the interior. I mean, quietness, yeah. comfortable, and you had the power. And it's like, okay, why not do something to make this thing, like, really stand out? And, like, yeah, back then it was it was pretty cool because we came up with all these concepts and these designs and, and, oh, let's put this on there, let's try that, and hit and miss, roll pans, bumper covers, small mirrors, you know, let's stagger the tires, let's keep, you know, back then 15-inch wheels was like, whoa, major – and and then designing the suspension parts that were all mechanical bolt-on things that took your truck from a stock height level and dropping it six inches to to even nine inches all the way around to where it just looked cool going down the road. And I mean, yeah. and it and it all changed there. The, the whole market did. I mean, you got the sport truck era that took took place, and then later down the road you had the four-wheel drive market starting to take place, and then. Then it went retro back to the early 60, you know, body trucks coming back and, and it changed everything um, everywhere. It, it's, and it's just, man, it's been 
It's been crazy hey, to see it progress like and, it did. And I don't think the truck market has slowed down. It's been on that that trajectory yeah. since then, since, you know, you and the guys changed the styling, design, what people were using them for and how people were approaching them. And it really is just never, it's never looked back. Oh, and Kevin, you see that, right? You, you know, you're a Ford guy. You sell more of those than anybody. I was going to say, I hate to bring up that Ford thing, but I mean, the F-150 has been the best selling car for, <laughs> I don't know, 30 something years or whatever it is, you know? Uh, and, you know, you guys change not only the aftermarket kind of approach to, to trucks, but, you know, take the Ford Lightning. Right, yeah. I mean that's kind of really oh, yeah. yeah the Ford you know, Lightning, yeah. seeing what the aftermarket's doing and and producing it on an OE level, right? Yeah, absolutely. Damn, he he would bring that Ford offering to the equation. You we started totally, it, man. man you start. We we were totally you know past it. And there he comes in with the blue oval offering. Yeah, that was a legit truck. I'm not gonna lie, they were all right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, that truck market has never looked back, and it oh, is. Yeah. You know, it's still going today and still, you know, looks to be. You know, in Wagner Tuning, we, we contribute to the truck market still. We have an application that flies off the shelf. We we, we produce an intercooler for the, the EcoBoost platform for the, the Raptor. And it, like yeah. I said, it's impossible to keep them on stock. As soon as they come in stock, we're filling back orders. And then and yeah. we're getting, and as soon as it, through social media, once they hear that, okay, Wagner has them in stock, boom, 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 boom. They start buying you know, it's, it's yeah, that's uh, an incredible truck, man. Yeah, it, it really is. In fact, we, and that's where we, we, we got this idea of this 51 uh, F1 truck that's behind us here that we, I found a mechanic, my mechanics uh, shop on the side. He told me, he goes, I think you may have an interest, but I've got it here. And I looked at him like, yeah. And I called Carson up. I said, I've got a truck for you, Carson. He's like, what is it? And I told him and I took a picture and he goes, what do we do? And I'm like, well, we'll 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 bag it and uh, we'll put a we'll put an EcoBoost swap in it. And he's like, "No, yeah." He goes, "How? We just will. We'll trust me." And we were one of the first ones to do it. I remember Kevin. I, I was picking your brain over yeah, man. when we were filming. I came in. I'm trying to do this thing. What's the best way to go about it? Yeah, you know, I want to keep the automatic in it. Don't want the stick shift. And uh, luckily, it was, we were able to do it. We were the one of the first one swaps with uh, an OEM automatic on the road. Took it to see Yeah, that thing came out killer. It, yeah, you guys got to check out this truck, man. It's it's in their background. We're looking at it, right? I've been drooling on it the whole yeah, time man. we've been talking. I've had a hard time talking just because I've been staring at that dang truck in the background, man. <laughs> right? Yeah. No doubt. I'm telling you, the only thing you'd make it better if it was in yoga pants. Um, <laughs> all right, so look, fellas, uh, it is time for us to roll. Uh, we're getting a wrap-up deal. So how do people find you socially? How do people get a hold of you, see your product? WagnerTuning.com I know is big. Where else on the social side? Uh, hashtag WagnerTuning. Uh, they search by hashtag. Okay. It'll take you to all the social media that we're located and contacted with. So it's uh, that's the best way to find us. Hey, keep on doing what you're doing. We definitely appreciate it, and we'll keep talking about it and uh, hopefully seeing it on the show. And speaking of our show, it airs weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand, a great way to find us. Thanks to our guys, my boy Henry and Carson. Thank you guys so much. My man Kevin Bird, I am Willie B. Our producer, Scoop, and executive producer, Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, man. We got all kinds of great stuff from the show, content, parts we use, our builds, twoguysgarage.com, and share your thoughts with us because we're on social everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. Now, Two Guys Garage Podcast, it's copyrighted, 2021, Britain Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. There you go, man. 
Hey, you guys, stay cool. You see what I did there? Intercooling? I just had to do that, man. I'm just kidding. Hey, um, <laughs> we love you, man. Take care, man. We'll catch you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. See you guys. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.